They were just little children when they came here, and now they're all grown up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you shake hands with somebody before you're seated? Give them a warm welcome, and God bless you. <coughs> Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. And Ryan is home from Australia. He was tearing it up on the electric guitar this morning. <laughs> yeah, how was your two weeks of quarantine? I didn't ask you. They have to quarantine in Australia for two weeks. So before they could even see Nicole, Nicole's Ryan's wife, before they could even see her family, they were there because her father died. I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago. Yeah, so remember them in prayer. But um, anyway, they had to quarantine for, <laughs> for two weeks. before you could, could you even see their family before two weeks? Oh, one. Oh, well, oh, that's a, oh. They had to wait outside the state where they were going for a week. So anyway, it's good to have you home. It's good to have you home. Amen. For those of you who don't know, you should by now, but uh, Pastor Mike is in Turkey today. He has been this last week. He's with a group of pastors, and they're traveling. I think they're going to throw up a few uh, no you're not going to throw up the pictures? Is that what that means? I can't even see them. Well, it's me, dear Lord. Um, anyway, we had some pictures, but it's okay. We, uh, he's in Turkey, and he's touring with a bunch of pastors. They're going to the seven different churches mentioned in the book of Revelation. And uh, along with uh, a few other places, yesterday they went to Patmos, the island of Patmos, and there's a cave there. We've been there to that particular place before. There's a cave there where it's believed that, um, that Jesus uh, appeared to him and gave him uh, the book of Revelation in that cave. So um, anyway, he's had a great trip. Uh, his trip over there, I told a few people about it. I think on this trip, he in in occurred everything that you would have happen on a trip except for a hijacking. Yeah, he, he had a late flight, therefore a delayed flight, therefore he missed a flight, therefore his luggage was lost for a few days. Yeah, he had that. Uh, and then they had to rebook him, and then when they rebooked him on Turkish Airlines, they booked him under the name Mike, but his passport says Michael, so they gave him a really hard time, and somehow, by the grace of God, he made it aboard that flight. But the most interesting thing that happened was from LAX to London, there was a, a medical emergency. They had to stop in Chicago and be on the ground. And I wondered why until I heard from him, they were on the ground for three and a half hours. Wouldn't it seem like you would just let whoever was off, right, and then continue on? But they were on the ground for three and a half hours. Well, when I heard why they had the medical emergency, then it made sense. Somebody started vomiting on the flight, and then he wrote to me. We haven't discussed it. He said he would tell the story when he got home, but he said, then people started vomiting. So they had a vomit fest. And I guess they just, everybody had to get off the flight and they had to disinfect and all that. Can you imagine? I mean, it's an international, I mean, I have a, a friend, a dear friend, and we just laughed about it and talked about, which I won't today, the various scenarios of why you would stop. And 
you know, when you go home today, just meditate it on a little and think of the possible things that could have happened in that. And uh, depending on, but we laughed really hard. And so anyway, <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? In Pastor Mike fashion, he just stays calm about it all. He does. He told me, he goes, Beth, I don't know if you would have made that flight over here. Because so many things happened. Anyway, praise the Lord. Why don't we pray? Father, we're just so grateful to gather together. We're so grateful for your word. We trust you, Lord, today that you'll reveal your word to us. You'll speak your word to our hearts. Lord, that we'll grow. That we'll see Jesus more clearly. That we'll see truth of the word more clearly than we've seen it, that we would grow thereby, Father. Enlighten the eyes of under, our understanding. Unite our hearts. Unite us in spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When uh, Many years ago when we were in Tulsa, uh, Brother Lester Summerall, those of you who may know him, he's gone to be with the Lord, said these words, and... Um, he said, um, when my faith isn't working, or it seems like my faith isn't working, I don't examine my faith. I examine my relationship with God. Amen. Uh, so turn with me in your Bible, if you will, uh, to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And then also 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're just going to read these scriptures quickly. 2 Timothy 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And then Daniel chapter 11. 2 Timothy 2, 2 Thessalonians 1. And Daniel chapter 11. You know, our faith really is a relationship with God. And I think sometimes people uh, uh, start to think about faith as, um, as, a, as a thing. It's, it's separate from you over here, and we have to build our faith. And it's, but it's not. Faith, faith is our relationship with God. Faith is our relationship with God. And so 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse thir uh, 13, it says, God is always faithful. If we, I'm reading a different translation. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Okay, then 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, the King James Version. Because your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity or the love of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. You could read it like this. Because your faith or your relationship with God groweth exceedingly, and the love of every one of you toward each other abounds. So developing our faith is developing our relationship with God. Think about somebody perhaps that you are very close to. Maybe your best friend, uh, uh, some kind of friendship that you may have. Maybe it's your spouse. And the very first time that you met them, you didn't know anything about them. 
And so you ask them all the questions. Uh, tell me your history. What is what is the history of your life? Uh, tell me uh, what you what you like. Tell me the desire of your heart. What is your future? It takes time to get to know that person. And that's how it is with God in our relationship with God. When we're very first born again, our spirits are made new. We've been made new creatures in Christ. But there's something we have to do in that relationship with God, and that is get to know God. Find out his history. Find out his heart. Find out his vision of where things are going. And so now my husband and I have been married 40 years. We can be sitting in the same room, and I can hear him breathe a particular way when he's, when he's reading. And I go, oh, he just read something that he's really fired up about. And it would just be a little, little breeze. Not, he never said anything. And so then I'll say, what, what, what did you just read? What's that about? Why, why can I do that? Because I, we really know each other. You know that person. And so it's the same thing with God and developing our relationship with God. We don't get born again, and we're not made, we're made a new creature, and then that's it with our relationship with God. No, our relationship with God needs to grow. You're, because your faith or your relationship with God groweth exceedingly, and the love of every one of you abounds. Oh, that's another scripture, but I'll add it. It's good. Toward each, oh no, toward each other aboundeth. Okay, then Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Daniel eleven thirty-two. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It's qualified. The people that know their God. And in this day and age, as have been many, many ages, uh, those who are strong, those who stay steadfast, those who don't buckle under the pressure are those who know their God. Those who, the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.10 says that I might know him. It says, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. But that I might know him. And so our faith, you know, many people, I think just, uh, we look at people and think, oh, well, wow, they're just, they really know God because they know so much scripture. They're so elo they're such an eloquent teacher. Um, you know, boy, they can quote so much more scripture than I can. And they know all these things about the Bible. And so they're just they're just such a spiritual person. They really know God because they know many facts about the Bible. But growing in God is not, and, and knowing God is not how many facts about the Bible that we know. It is not that. God is a spirit. It is a heart relationship with God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I believe, I, you know, I forgot to write down where I got this. I think this is amplified. 
We should live, I'm pretty sure, we should live our lives consistent with the confident belief in God's promises, growing every day to experience his faithfulness. Hallelujah. So when we said we walk by faith and not by sight, it means we're walking with him. We live by faith. It's not just something we talk about on Sunday. You know, we live by it. We breathe it every day. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. John 17, 3, it says in the New International Version, Now this is eternal life, that they know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. Not how much scripture we know, you know, uh, not just that we ap appear to be, uh, you know, pious Christians. No, but this is life, eternal life, that we might know him. Hallelujah. 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 So, growing in our relationship with God and developing a deep, deeper relationship with God is not just facts of the Bible. And there are three things that we do to grow God. The Bible said that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. Therefore, we don't get to know God mentally. We don't get to know God physically. We get to know God spirit to spirit. And the Bible is a different kind of book than any other book because the words in it that are recorded here are words that are spirit food and they are life food. So when we read our Bible, we're doing much more than reading a book. We are, and I like to say it this way, and I told the kids this when I taught in kids' church, I am feeding my spirit man. When we read the Word of God, every time we read the Word of God, we're feeding our spirit man, and because they are God's words, the Bible is God talking to me, we are actually fellowshipping with God. We're fellowshipping with him. Um, you know, uh, we're communicating with him. I, I have in recent years, it's been interesting, and with all the technology, you can do it. But in recent years, sometimes in prayer, I'll get a word or a couple of words about something. And I'll look up that word, uh, you know, uh, on my phone or on my, my laptop, and then it'll give a lot of different scriptures on that particular word. And um, that's just kind of how, I mean, I don't, that's not the only way I read the Bible, but he'll speak to me certain things because he's talking to me and he wants, he wants to communicate me things that I need to learn, things that I need to know about, things that I need to apply to my life. Hallelujah. So it's just so easy in this day of technology to do that. But God is a spirit. And so how we, how we get to know him is spiritually. And how we get to know him is through his word. How we get to know him is feeding on spirit words that is life-giving words that is the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So 
developing a deeper, deeper relationship with God is developing a deeper relationship with his word. Our relationship with him is developing spiritually. Getting to know him is, is developing spiritually. How we are strong and will do exploits is by developing spiritually and by getting to know God. And some people might think, well, you know, I really don't care about exploits. I just want to survive my children for today. But, you know, God is so good that he will be involved in the everyday affairs of our life. When we take time and we get to know him and we meditate on his word and we feed on his word, he gives us what we need in our life. Um, I, um, it's been a number of years, you know, uh, the scripture that says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm going to tell you the most precious thing to me is the word of God that he speaks to me. It, it keeps me on the straight and narrow. I need him to speak to my heart for things in my life. I need that. If I go and I don't have that, I don't do as well. So it's so important, and I encourage people like this one-on-one. What we need to do, what we do is we daily read the Word. And, you know, there's just sometimes when you read the Bible, you're like, okay, well, I'm doing this, and um, I don't have time. I have so many things to do, but I'm doing it. Or it just there's just nothing that's maybe that day spoke to you very much. I don't know. Or you get interrupted, whatever it is. But if we will be faithful to put the word of God into us every day. And sometimes, you know, multiple times a day, little bits of the word. You read it, and then you meditate on one of those verses and get that word in your heart. Then, at a time when you don't expect it, I tell you, this happens to me regularly. Is that, in fact, it happened to me this morning. And I think I'll say something at the end. We'll see. But a scripture that I will not have thought of (laughs) in years, maybe, uh, or months, he will, I'll just be going along my way. Maybe I'm just praying or doing whatever. And suddenly, a scripture comes to my heart, is quickened to my heart, and it is alive. Well, that's called a rhema word of God. I want to read you. Uh, what that means, you know, we went to a Bible school called Rama, and that's uh, that's what that means. Hold on, I have to find the page on my phone. Yeah, I liked this one. The uh, Rama is the Greek word Rama means a spoken word made by the living voice. Rama. It's commonly used in the New Testament. For the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to in-birth faith. And it's true. Have you had it happen? Where, you know, you read the word of God, but one day you read a scripture and it's like that scripture just pops out on that page to you as you're reading it. Or maybe like that to me. When God speaks his word to you, you put the word in. You know, a lot of times young Christians... And they just 
Maybe they just get filled with the Spirit, and they just want to prophesy so bad. You know, they just want to prophesy. Well, actually, the Bible says that, uh, let's see in Colossians, how does it go? Uh, oh, gee. Well, okay, Beth Webb version, because I can't think of it. But anyway, when you put the word, let the word of Christ, huh, here it comes. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Speaking to yourself, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, a young Christian who's maybe newly filled with the Spirit, they so want to be used by God, but they have very little of the Word of God in their heart. God, the Holy Spirit does speak to people, and he'll, you know, we've heard testimonies how he'll give somebody a scripture, they never even read it, and that does happen. But that's rare. We have to put the word of God on God in. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We have to put the word of God in. So sometimes a young baby Christian, there's not much word of God to draw from in their heart. So, you know, they'll go, God is love. God loves you, thus saith the Lord, God loves you. And, you know, they're, they just, they're, so on, they're so zealous, and they love the Lord so much, and they so want to be used. They just don't have very much in them to come out inspired by the Spirit. So what happens is with the rhema word of God and something that we do to get to know God is we put the word of God in. We just keep putting it in faithfully. I'm putting it in. I'm, I'm fellowshipping with it. I'm getting to know that word of God. And then in the day that you need it, sometimes it'll be day that you need it that you need correction. Or sometimes it'll be the day that you need it that, that um, you're going through a very dark place. Could be either way, or a day he's just going to encourage you. A word of scripture will rise up from your heart and talk to you and produce such faith in you. You know, when I was in my 20s, when Pastor Mike and I were in our 20s and we were at Ramah, you know, Brother Hagen, not every service, not even close to every service, but at different times, he, the presence of God would come in and he would prophesy. And then sometimes he would prophesy to people, well, all the students and all young people, they just wanted Brother Hagen to prophesy over them. Prophesy over me, you know, that I'm going to be a great minister. Listen, you don't want that. If they want that, look out. Look out for people who desire that because they are asking for trouble. No, it should be, Lord, whatever is your will for my life is what I want. I am willing and happy to be in the background and nobody ever see or know my name and serving Jesus, and I am happy with that, but not Bible school students. Oh, no. And so, oh, Brother Hagen, you know, just prophesy to me. Well, I will say that through the years, have had some different men of God prophesy over me. And in those times, it meant a lot because I was young in the Lord. And it, it meant a lot to me. But I can tell you this, that as I've grown over the, yes, I know it's hard to believe, decades. Yes, yes, yea, verily, even it's been decades. <laughs> and someone who's my age laughs with me. <laughs> Anyway, and I've put the word of God in, I will tell you the, the Holy Spirit to me personally, no one else around in a time of prayer or just when I'm by myself, just minding my own business, he will speak 
a scripture or scriptures to my heart that are so strong, that that are so eye-opening scriptures that we know. But when he makes them alive to you, it holds you steady. It gives you faith. It makes you bold because he's spoken it to your heart. And I can tell you that those experiences, me and Jesus alone, and him doing that was stronger and more powerful. Him speaking that word to me than when I've been prophesied over. And so it's good. I mean, that, that kind of, that makes it like every believer can have God speak to themselves in a great and miraculous way. We don't have to run to somebody that we heard, oh, this person prophesies. You know, I'm not minimizing that. Some people need it, and God gives it, and it's a blessing. Hallelujah. But we can't seek that. If it happens, great. But if it doesn't happen, then what? Put the word of God in our heart and let the Holy Spirit in his time and as we need it, pull that word up and speak to us. It's powerful. Hallelujah. It holds us steady. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, let's see. Uh, let's turn uh, turn with me. I think we'll do Proverbs chapter 4, please. Proverbs chapter 4. And Pastor Mike often reads this verse, but I'm going to look at a different part of that verse than he usually does. Then as you're going there, I just want to refer again to John chapter 4 and verse 24. John 4, 24. It says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So just as a reminder, spiritual growth is not mental growth. It's good to study the Bible. It's good to know facts of the Bible. It's, it's good. You know, some people are, some, some, uh, some are Bible scholars and they have PhDs. And uh, they're, you know, very learned. But think about Peter and John when they healed the man at the beautiful gate. It says, they, it says I think it's in Acts chapter 4. It says, uh, they marveled at Peter and John because they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they marveled because they had been with Jesus. Now, wouldn't it be a respecter of persons of God that only people with high IQs could really know God? The Bible says even children, even children, we're supposed to humble ourselves and be like children to receive from God. God would be a respecter of persons, if he did not make knowing him, growing in him, being a spiritual person, being a strong person of faith, attainable for regular people and even unlearned and maybe people with not very high IQs, even children, hallelujah, because it's not how many facts we have in our head that make us to know God personally. But is, it is a heart relationship with him. God is a spirit. And it's heart-to-heart communication with God. And it is developing spiritually. And it is developing our faith relationship with him and knowing him. I love this scripture here. Proverbs 4. We're just going to read verse 22. I like this. Guard your heart with all diligence. 
could say, guard your spirit with all, be diligent about it. I mean, the church should be a diligent people. There's so little diligence in society today. So many people are lax, lazy, excuse me, and they're not diligent. They're not diligent in their business. They're not diligent in their life. And this says that we need to be diligent by guarding our hearts with all diligence. Why? For out of it flow the issues of life. Hallelujah. So we have to guard what we read. We have to guard what we hear. We have to guard what we see. Somebody called me this last week and said, um, I want to, I, I need to tell you something. And they started telling me. And I go, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I don't know if I want to hear this, what you're about to tell me. Because it could have been poisonous information that's going to drag me down. And I go, uh, uh, this is like sounding like it's going to be like that. Oh, no, it's not. I promise this is going to uplift you and, and be encouraging, you know, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, then fine. You can tell me. I knew. I thought, shoosh, I need to preach on Sunday. I don't need to hear anything. <laughs> it's going to drag me down to the gutter, you know. And uh, probably why Pastor Mike doesn't ever talk very much. Amen. <clears throat> so we're to guard our heart or guard our spirit, guard what we see, guard what we read, guard what we feed on, guard it with all diligence, be diligent about it, be calculating about it, because out of our heart flow, flows the issues of life. What kind of life? God's life, eternal life. That's what flows out of us. So we must guard it so that we will know our God and be strong. Hallelujah. We cannot understand spiritual things with our minds. We, we cannot comprehend it. You know, you, um, if you ever talk to an atheist or agnostic or you ever, you know, get in a conversation, I don't do that anymore, you know, online on social media or something, they, they take nothing by faith, you know. We cannot understand God or his word uh, or spiritual things or get to know God with our mind. Try to think, I used to do this as a kid because I thought heaven was so cool. I, would, I just loved heaven as a child, and I would think about eternity. And so I started it as a kid, and then as I got older, I quit because, honestly, if you sit there and you think about it for a long time, it'll just, like, your brain wants to explode because you can't grasp how long is eternity. Never stops. There'll never be an end. It'll go on and on and on and on and on. And, and I would think that as a child. And um, it, I just, I couldn't grasp it, you know. Well, how many things of the word of God can our mind and will our mind never be able to grasp? And so with faith, with our heart, we accept it. With our heart, we receive it. Hallelujah. So um, we've, uh, turn with me over to Ephesians, the fifth chapter now, if you will. We want to know God, therefore, 
as we know him, we know his word, we develop spiritually, we grow in faith, we don't examine our faith, we examine our relationship with God. And that's not to be like you feel condemned. Because we'll give you three simple things, three simple things that you do to develop your relationship with God. It's not hard. You just do it consistently, and you and we will grow, and we will get to know him, and we will be, be strong in him. Our faith will grow. Um, but as we said before, you know, a lot of times people think that a spiritual person is because somebody can quote a lot of the Bible or teach the Bible really well. Maybe they're really popular, and everybody says, oh, wow, they're just an amazing Christian or believer just because they're popular, maybe because they give very eloquent prophecies. But what really does the Bible say we should all strive for, we should all attain to? What is that? You know, see, a lot of people strive for that. But that's not what the Bible says a spiritual person is. That's not what the Bible says is a person that is a sign. I'm not saying those people don't know God. I don't, we can't look at people's hearts. But what can we do as regular people to know God? I love these scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read it first in the Amplified. Therefore, become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. So we're to imitate God. We know God through his word, and we're to imitate him. And walk continually in love. That's a spiritual person. That is value one another. Value one another. Practice empathy and compassion. I have a friend, she often says, this is another pastor's wife in another town. She goes, you know, it's just so sad that the church seems to be the only ones that, that eat, eat their fallen. Or they kick somebody when somebody's fallen or somebody's hurt, that the church kicks them while they're down. Rather than in compassion and in empathy, pray for them and lift them up. Practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. So think about it. God is love. And the Bible says faith, our faith works by love. So as we get to know this God of love, as we get to know who he is, as we put his word in our heart he will speak to us. He will quicken us. He will guide us. You know, I mean, do you have the Holy Spirit? I do. He will say to me, don't say those words. It would be a good thing for all of us to think before we talk. And then while we're thinking about it, you know, I mean, it doesn't take that long. The mind works fast. And you think before you talk, and then the Holy Spirit will often say to me, you go, don't say those words. Don't tell that. It is, it is not my nature to just to do that. But if I want him to speak to me, if I want him, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. We want to hear his voice. I like it when he shows me things to come. He'll show you things to come in your family. 
He'll show you things in your fa- as you know God, as you draw close as you as you draw close to God. He will show you things to come in your family. Things you need to pray specifically for your family. He will show you things to come in your job. He will show you things to come in your life. He will not necessarily just lay it out as we think, but he will give you something that he shows you what's coming. And I will tell you, it is worth keeping your mouth shut. And I will tell you, it is worth walking in the love of God to all that you know to have his voice speaking to you. Because it's supernatural, it helps you live in victory, he will speak to you, and, and when he is so faithful that when you need him to speak to your heart, he will. Hallelujah. If we're walking in the realm where God lives, God is love, he is able, he wants to speak to us. But many times we're not walking in a place that we can hear his voice. Or we haven't put the word of God into us. He wants to get stuff across to us. So he is love. And so we're supposed to be an imitator of him. If we're an imitator of him, we're walking in his realm. If we're walking in love, we're walking in the realm where God lives. And he'll show us what to do. He will give you wisdom for your children. He will show you what to do. Hallelujah. In the New Living Testament of that verse, it says, imitate God, imitate him. You can read how Jesus was when he walked on the earth. Imitate him because he was imitating God. Hallelujah. In the epistles in the New Testament, it, that is written to the church. Old Testament is excellent. It's good. We need the Old Testament. There are scriptures in the Old Testament we can apply to our lives. But the epistles were written to the church. The epistles were written to born again, new creations in Christ, written to us, telling us who we are, telling us how to talk, telling us how to live, giving us that revelation. Therefore, therefore, in everything, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. It's a beautiful thing to be, uh, Brother Hagin used to say this, I liked it. He used to say, I put up my spiritual antenna. Has, everyone, has anyone ever heard that before? Raise your hand. <gasps> A few. Ooh, I'm glad I said it. He said, put up your spiritual antenna. So in other words, there's just some things you're not necessarily, you know, you're with somebody, something's going on. You can't just like stop and pray, Lord, what should I say? What should I do? You can't do that. But what you can do, because you've done that before and you're walking in fellowship with God, and you're walking in love of God, and you're walking in the realm where God is, and I'm not talking, this is not spooky stuff. I'm not trying to be spooky here. Ooh, you know, I mean, no, 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 no. This is practical stuff. I'm talking where we live. You put up your spiritual antenna, and you're listening. You're just, you're just from your heart, you're just listening. What should I, what should I do here? Is there something I should do? There's something I should stay. I'm going to tell you, when I plan my day, I have my spiritual antenna up. I thought about this the other day, the spirit, your spiritual antenna. That is a combination. I think, you know, see, some people kind of make it really spooky, but I think it's a combination of things. I think when you put up your spiritual antenna, this, for, for me, this is what it means. 
it's a combination of the wisdom of God, which came from his word. It's a combination of organization and order. Because God talks, God is a God of order. Look at the universe. He's a God of order. He is not chaotic. He created the world from a chaotic mess into a world of order. So for me, pulling up my spiritual antenna is a combination of organization, or excuse me, wisdom, order, and organization, and lastly, what does he want for the day and what is his voice? And there's some, sometimes you just have a check in your heart. I thought I was going to do that today, but mm, I can put it off to a different day. I don't feel quite, I just don't feel quite right about that. And sometimes things will happen and you find out things will happen that God spared you from something. So every day I put up my spiritual antenna, Lord, what do you want in this? You don't have to stop and pray about everything. You just are listening from your heart to the heart of God. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5, we'll turn here. Galatians chapter 5. Um, I'm going to tell on Bobby because he knows how much I love him. Bobby said yesterday to my daughter, is your mom going to go for longer than an hour? <laughs> Bobby, you ha- see, you have to be careful who you tell things to. It gets out. The reason why is because they have to use more than one CD or something. I, I'm thinking that's what it is. So don't worry. I'm not going to go longer than an hour. In fact, I, my plan is to go shorter than Pastor Mike. Then you'll like me better. I hear your stomach's growling. Galatians chapter 5. See, I have it written down here. I don't remember. It's verse 16. Verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit. Walk out of your heart. Walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 22. For the fruit of the spirit, that's our spirit, we are spirits, the fruit of the recreated human spirit. So this is, this is who God is. This is how we imitate God. This is how we know God. This, is, this will uh, enhance our, our faith. This enhances our relationship with God. Hallelujah. You can hear his voice. It's love. First of all, love. Then joy, peace. Long-suffering. You know, we have to sometimes suffer long with people, but we're not being very kind about it in the meantime. Long-suffering means you're kind about it when you're suffering long. Goodness. Faith is also translated faithfulness. Faithfulness. Being steady. Someone that can always be counted on. Meekness. Temperance. And temperance is self-control. Meekness is teachableness. Having a humble heart, no matter how much we know of the Word of God, no matter how much we know of the Bible, if we start to think, oh, yeah, I'm going to read this while I'm commenting on this. You don't have to turn there. But in 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 2, it says, knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant. But love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up and encourages others to grow in wisdom. 
If anyone imagines that he knows and understands anything of divine matters without love, he has not yet known anything as he ought to know. Hallelujah. So if we think we know something, uh uh-oh, look out. We know nothing yet as we ought to know. Knowledge alone, filling our heads with the word of God, and we have a lot of knowledge, and we think, I know so much of God. Knowledge alone puffs up, makes you arrogant and inflated with pride. But love, love says, oh, oh, Lord, I'm so grateful for how much I know you, but I want to know you more. I have so much, and it's so true. The vastness of God in Ephesians, we're supposed to pray for each other that we would know, we're supposed to pray for the church, that we would know, we pray this for our church, the height, the length, the breadth, and the depth of the love of God. Hallelujah. We're never going to know. We have, we know the person who is the closest to God in this earth has not even scratched the surface of really knowing who he is. So three things that we need to do. I've kind of touched on it, but now I'm going to put it in here. Two, two uh, rather than looking at our faith, we look at our relationship with God. A relationship with God is knowing God. It is developing spiritually. So three things that, we're do, that we do. One, and we've talked about it, feeding, not just reading, feeding on the word of God. It is God speaking to me. Everybody say me. It's God speaking to me personally. Number two is praying in the spirit. And I haven't really talked about that much today. But for me, this is huge. It says in Jude verse 20, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When we pray in the Spirit, God is a spirit. It makes us more sensitive to the voice of God. And the more you pray in the Spirit, the Apostle Paul said, I thank God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Look how much revelation Paul had. I would never be a pastor's wife in a million years if I wasn't filled with the Spirit. There is no way. I wouldn't want to live this life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, it enables us, if we tap into it, not everybody taps into what they have. Not everybody uses the, the, the greater one on the inside of them. Not everybody taps into it who's even filled with the Spirit. And it's very easy to happen. You get out of the habit of it. Just get out of the habit. And it's kind of, it kind of feels rusty then when you try to pray in tongues again, like if you go for a little while. It's kind of like, how did that go again? This is kind of hard. Oh. But I tell you, press through that. Pray in the Spirit every day, throughout the day, and it will make you more sensitive to his voice. His voice will help you to know him. That praying in the Holy Ghost opens the door to the supernatural, that God can speak to your heart his word, that he he can lead you supernaturally. So knowing God is feeding on his word, praying in the spirit, this will help you to know him, and lastly, You walk in love. We walk in love. 
Love is the realm where God lives. Love is that realm. Sometimes I've told the Lord on people who have maybe hurt me or done me wrong, I will say this to him. I will say, I will do whatever you tell me to do about that. I'll do, I'll do whatever you say to do. I will, I will humble myself. I will take the um, I will take the blame. I will humble myself. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll say, I'll do, I'll get I'll, whatever you say. Here's why. I don't want to, I want to stay. I want to keep myself in the love of God. Because I want to, I want to be close to him. I want to know him. I want, I need, you know, (laughs) I need his help in life. I need his help. And when I'm walking close to him, when I'm walking in the spirit, when I'm, when I'm walking in that place, I, I have more of his help at my disposal. And I need it. Maybe you guys don't, but I need his help every day, even in the small matters of life. He is so great. He will help us. Hallelujah. All right. I preach shorter than Pastor Mike. Is 11.02. Glory to God. Yay. How, how is that, Bobby? Oh, he's giving me a thumbs up back there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This morning, <clears throat> see, the sermon's over, so I can talk. I officially said the sermon's over, so now I can talk as long as I want. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So I want to read this to you because this morning when I was making a piece of toast, this scripture came to me. I've never had this scripture come to me. Uh, so that's why I'm sharing it today. Hold on, I have to find it now. Let's see. Oh. Um, let's see. Oh. Oh. No, that's not it. Where is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on, I screen. I'm going to check the screenshot. It might be a little more accurate. Hallelujah. Here it is. It is in Matthew. What chapter is that? It's verse 46. It just leaped in my spirit. It is Matthew. I think it's 24. It's Matthew 24, 46. Yeah, it is Matthew 24, verse 46. But he changed one word. So I'm going to read kind of the context of it. And I know that we're going to, it'll only take me two minutes. Um, But um, I know many people, they have things to do after church. They have family things and all, and that's fine. And so if you need to leave, you can leave. But we're just going to, for those who are able, we're going to stay and pray for just maybe 10 minutes together. But I did want to read this to everybody. Um, so I got. I have to. Excuse me. I have to read it over here. Okay. It's talking about the last days, 
As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. So, you know, Noah's giving a stern war warning, but people, oh, they're living it up. Oh, big deal. You know, there's a warning like this flood is coming. Noah, you're out of your minds. Eat, drink, be merry. And they were oblivious until the flood came and swept them all away. So will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two, men, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day on which your Lord will come. But understand this, if the homeowner had known in which watch of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour you do not expect. Who then is that faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to give the others their food at the proper time? And this is the verse it quickened in my heart. Blessed is that servant whose master finds him watching when he returns. This verse here says doing. But honestly, if you look at the verses above, you could, you could put in there watching and it would, it would mean the same thing. Blessed is that servant whose master finds him watching when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. You know, people have a tendency to draw near to God when things are tough. Things are tough in the nation. Things are tough in their life or whatever. Let's draw near whether things are difficult or not. Let's be faithful and wise servants and watching. Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. In the last days, and we see it, um, there's going to be in the church a great falling away. Talks about it in Thessalonians. That many Christians will fall away from the truth. Christians will be deceived. Not just the world, but Christians. They'll be deceived. They'll be taken in. How do we guard against that? Well, the thing that we're, we've been talking about today, as far as just staying in the word, feeding on the word, staying steady in just those simple things. They're simple. They're not complicated. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. But blessed is that servant whose master finds him watching when he returns. So whether he returns soon, whether he returns in a long time, let, we're going we're gonna to be watching. Amen? Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. Lord, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts, and we worship you. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us through your word today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. We pray for each person who not only is a, is a part of who is here and a part of our church family, but the families also of our church family. How we have been praying this. We believe this, Lord. We lift When we say we lift up the family, it's all of those people. Hallelujah. And, Lord, we can do that 
not even have to in English know or mention their names because it's by the Spirit that we can do that. And we pray that you would strengthen each one by your Spirit and their inner man. Hallelujah. Their minds would be guarded. They would listen to the truth of the word that is in their heart. They would know by experience the height, the breadth, the length, the depth of the love of God. Hallelujah. The love of God would bind our hearts together like never before. We declare over families that prodigals come home. We declare over families that you send laborers across the path of our loved ones. Hallelujah. Send laborers across their path. Open up their hearts. The reign of God would fall upon their hearts and soften their hearts toward the truth of your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, each day this week, make us a blessing to someone. Help us to find and open doors for us to find people, some at least one person every day that we can reach out to with the love of God every day. Help us to do that. Remind us and quicken us about it, Lord, and use us, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. If you can agree with that, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to dismiss you at this time. If anyone would like to stay, we're just going to stay and pray together for a little while at the end. So if you are, um, we understand if you need to leave, please do so. And if you would like to just stay and pray, well, then you can be seated and we'll, we'll do that in about a minute after everyone exits who's going to exit.